Yeah. Well, so first of all, I just want to shout out really clearly that like for everyone listening, they might be imagining like, oh, wow. So you are just like parenting two kids solo and running your company and whatever. I not through the whole thing, but much of the time I had an au pair or a full-time nanny. So I want to be super clear about breaking down the illusion of doing things by ourselves. I would not have navigated this period so well if that had not been the case. Welcome back to the Energized with Dr. Marisa podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Marisa, and I'm here to help you rock your hormones, optimize your metabolic health, and feel energized in your body so that you can age powerfully and wake up feeling amazing in your body for many years to come. Let's jump on in. In the Hey, one more thing. Did you know that one of the biggest nutrient deficiencies that I see in people, especially women, is a magnesium deficiency? It's because we burn through this super mineral so quickly. Now, this powerful mineral packs a massive punch because magnesium is involved in over 600 reactions in the body. Now, it is your best friend if you need more energy, better sleep, a faster metabolism, improved digestion, and not to mention happier periods. And you can quickly replenish your magnesium levels with my essentially whole magnesium restore supplement made with my favorite form of magnesium, magnesium glycinate. Use promo code podcast and get 10% off your entire order at drmarisa.com slash magnesium. Now I'll have the link in the show notes for this episode to make it easy. Go and try it out today. Over 750 interviews that I have done in the past six years This was the very first one where I cried just a little bit. You probably won't notice, but it was due to my own vulnerable healing journey these past four months. Struggling with pain is hard, and it has an impact on everyone around you. I'm writing this while managing a migraine today, but I know that my team needs this intro for the podcast to go live on time, and I never miss a deadline. Since my concussions in June, I've had over 100 migraines, and some days are harder than others because they can be so severe. But I know that I'm still a mom and a partner, trying my very best to show up with love and compassion every single day. Listening to Kate's story regarding her husband's health struggles and how she managed through them, I could relate so very much, except that I realized that I am her, and I'm also the person with the health struggles. It's crazy being the person who holds it all together in my home and in the business, and I'm still recovering from brain issues that are impacting my day-to-day in some way or another. So if you're taking care of someone with a physical or mental health concern, my heart goes out to you. And if that strain has created some financial struggle on top of that, then this interview with Kate is for you. She taps into surrender and creating ease during a time of chaos, which I know so much of us really deserve to hear today. She also offers proven strategies to regulate our nervous system, something that we could all use when we are feeling overwhelmed and overstimulated by all the things that life is throwing at us. This is very much the case when I'm struggling with my migraines. I go into stimulation overdrive because everything around me feels like too much. The light, the noise, even the smells, everything is heightened to the 10th degree. Now, before we jump into this powerful interview with Kate, I want to quickly sing her praises. As an entrepreneur, best-selling author, and mother, Kate Northrup has built a multimedia digital platform called The Origin Company that reaches hundreds of thousands globally. She's the author of Money, A Love Story, and Do Less, 
and she's the creator of the Do Less Planner System. Kate's work has been featured all over the place, including Oprah Daily, The Today Show, and The New York Times. Let's welcome Kate Northrup to the show. Here's something I know every woman can agree on. Stubborn belly fat can feel like the worst, especially when you've tried everything to lose it. Not to mention, belly fat can be dangerous for us too. According to a brand new study, women over 40 who have excessive belly fat are up to 20% more likely to suffer a heart attack. And no surprise, hormones are involved in belly fat production, which is actually good news because we can optimize your hormones and metabolism for a flatter stomach. And that's exactly what I'm offering to you as a free gift today. My Belly Slim Down Guide gives you three effective strategies to get rid of belly fat, along with recipes to reduce bloating, balance your blood sugar, and speed up your metabolic furnace to optimize fat burning. So grab the Belly Slim Down Guide with my proven protocols and recommendations and recipes now at drmarisa.com slash slimdown. That's drmarisa.com slash slimdown, and the link will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Energized Podcast. Kate, honey, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You just, I just want to just take a moment. I know a lot of people, oops, are listening to this versus watching this on YouTube, but you are just glowing and colorful and you are just a sight to behold. You're like a yummy candy to take in today. (laughs) Thank you. I love that. Well, Earlier today, I was hosting an event I did called Money, Sex, and Power. So I'm like in that vibe right now. Mm, Yeah, I knew that that was happening. I didn't know if that was today. So that that makes sense. You are definitely embodying all of that energy. And let's talk a little bit about that energy. I know we're going to segue into really a little bit about that topic, but how did today feel? How did it go? And the impetus, like how did Money, Sex, and Power come together? Um, kind of what was the defining moment for this, this beautiful launch? Well, it's, you know, there's been a few of them over the years, early days, I got started teaching women about money and really exploring it as a topic myself, uh, because of witnessing my parents' divorce and really seeing how much drama there was about money and witnessing my mom go through her own financial awakening in midlife and, realizing, you know, I was a teenager at that time and I kind of made an internal pact with myself to not give my financial power away in the way I had witnessed her do, you know? And so that was the original impetus. And I got started in business pretty early. I started my first businesses as a teen. And then I was really studying though, like the laws of prosperity from a metaphysical perspective. And I didn't lean heavily enough on the 3D and on the, well, what do you actually do about earning money and tracking your expenses and like being a really good steward of money. And I misunderstood that in order to have prosperity, we need to not only earn money, but we also need to take excellent care of what we bring in and be a conduit for resources, be a steward for our resources. And I was kind of missing that second part of the equation. I was pretty good at making it, but then it would just sort of, I don't know where it went. And so I got myself into quite a bit of debt and 
through, I, I tried to like, you know, I listened to the debt experts and they all just felt very shamey and very like disciplinarian and very uh, patriarchal and, you know, sort of condescending. And it just really did. I just couldn't get myself to follow that kind of advice. And so I decided to do something radical, which is instead of beat myself up for my financial issues uh, as a way of getting myself to change, I decided to explore what would it be like if I brought love into the equation and I actually just poured more love on the situation. And through some practical steps in which I did that, really incorporating financial like awareness with my self-care, I was able to pay off my debt, triple my income, double my savings in a matter of six months. And that work became my first book, Money, A Love Story. And then last fall, I decided to revisit the money topic about nine years after my book came out um, because there were some changes in my own life behind the scenes and a lot of our community. I knew, you know, things are wonky in our world right now. And I just knew I could bring some medicine to the table that I haven't heard other people talking about in quite the same way. And I had developed new curriculum new experiences, new strategy, done a lot of more research over the decade. And so that's why I brought it, that conversation back. So I kind of took a break from 2015, maybe until 2020, whatever, it doesn't matter the year, but anyway, I took a break and then I came back and started talking about money again in a totally new way. Mm, I want to hear a little bit about that because you're absolutely right. We're very much in a wonky time. I feel like a lot of people are feeling it across the board um, things just feel tighter. People are very much, you know, feeling themselves much more stuck. Um, I mean, that's the energy that we're, we're definitely feeling even with friends and family And there. It definitely feels like it's an energy shift as well as what I'm feeling. And so I don't know if that's kind of, that was the kind of the impetus for you deciding to bring this around with the, the mindset and the energetics of, you know, really having a different way of managing money and cultivating more of it is based on kind of the energy you were feeling as well. Was that something you were picking up on? So what happened is behind the scenes on a very personal level, I, we had made some really dramatic changes in our life. So in 2021, my husband and I moved to Miami with our kids sort of unexpectedly. And uh, suddenly we were paying for two lives. So we had this whole other life in Maine. And then now we were paying for a new life in Miami that included private school and really high rent and just a lot more expenses that we didn't, it was kind of overnight. And my husband um, was really struggling health-wise. He had something called um, topical steroid withdrawal, TSW. And uh, he was just so sick and really not able to participate in our lives in the way he had previously. And so I was faced with a scenario in which I was the primary parent. I was feeling really pressured financially to bring in the income and I was operating out of stress and pressure 24 seven. And I was so burned out and I was really pissed. Honestly, I was really resentful. This was not the first time that he had been sick. And I, while I was incredibly compassionate and felt so bad as a mom of young kids and a business owner and a householder, it just like felt like too much. 
And so I decided to do an experiment and the experiment was I would go a certain amount of time, which was 90 days, I decided, or a certain amount of money in the hole. So I was like, okay, either 90 days will come or I will have gone, you know, I will have taken, like spent a certain amount of our savings. And until one of those things happens, I am going to just give myself permission to relax and see what happens. Because I was like, I can't live with this level of pressure and stress that I'm under right now. Right. Cause, and, and also just, you guys are in business together. Is that correct? Yeah. At the time, actually, my husband was not in the day-to-day. We have sort of like since 2016, we've been in a variety of different constellations. Currently today we are, yeah, he's, he's fully in the day-to-day and he's running um, everything behind the scenes, which is great. And so, but at that time we were in a slightly different scenario. And so anyway, um, what happened was, you know, I just was sort of doing this experiment to figure out like, will the thing happen that my mind is telling me will happen if I relax. And the thing that my mind was telling me would happen if I relaxed would that be that everything would fall apart. And, you know, I would essentially not be able to feed my kids and not be able to pay my team and end up living in the, on the street in a box. And, uh, that didn't happen. (laughs) We hit all of our financial goals without a problem. Um, and so, but you know, 90 days came and went and, and then, uh, six months after that, my husband actually got hit by a car. And so we were, he, first he broke his knee, then he got hit by a car. And so it was like, the universe was just giving us lesson after lesson of like, Hey, do you think you, are you still going to relax? Like still now, like, how about with this level of chaos? How about with this level of intensity? You think it'll still work? And so I just kept taking that opportunity to be like, okay, also this, now he's in a hospital. Oh, also this, now we're doing two surgeries. Also this. And I just kept learning how to regulate my nervous system and relax despite the external evidence that told me it was not a good time to relax. Because what we've been taught is that we need to wait until our external lives are a certain way, specifically financially. We think when I have a certain amount in the bank, when I hit this particular milestone, then I can, then I will feel safe. Then I will feel secure. Then I can finally exhale. And the truth is that when we're wired that way, when we're constantly waiting for something else to happen, we usually will continue to move the carrot, move out the finish line, and we will end up spending our entire lives living under pressure and stress never giving ourselves permission to actually just be here. And so that's why I decided to revisit this material. Cause I was like, I cannot be the only person who needs to learn the lesson of how to relax first and then allow my financial life to reorganize around that set point. Hmm. I was thinking, cause I know you're a mom of two girls or just a mom of two young girls and you know, just the half, half the adult population in your house is out for the count, just that job alone, not the financial business, make sure everything runs, make sure the team is handling their business, make sure everyone's doing the thing. Was it first for you, Kate, a level of surrender? I think it was, a. I wish it was a level of surrender. It was more of a level of collapse. (laughs) So 
So it was March of 2021. And I had to really admit that I was super burned out, which was embarrassing because I had written this book called Do Less, which is really essentially about how to avoid burnout. You know, and there I was two years later, like super freaking burned out. And I think we choose the topics that we choose or the topics that we choose us because they are what we most need to work on ourselves. And so I just like, it wasn't full on collapse, but I just did a lot of lying around crying and like watching TV during the day. And so I wish it looked like some sort of spiritual surrender, but it was just more of like collapse. And then a lot of screaming into my pillow in the closet. Yeah. I mean, I think that is a form of surrender. I mean, I I think about surrender just being like, this is, this is what I'm, this is it. This is what I'm in. And I'm just in it. And like, am I going to fight this or am I just going to allow it? Yeah. And it was so much of letting go of, I think one of the biggest things, um, and I think anyone can relate to this who is going through a chronic illness or through a period of time. That's just like something super intense that's going on longer than they wish it would have. And whether that was, you know, we all experienced that during the pandemic, like whatever the scenario may be. And, um, it was especially when Mike got hit by the car, which was the sort of the piece de resistance. It was like the, like, wow, I can't believe this is also happening. And I just, one day I was visiting him in the hospital and I just got in the hospital bed with him and I was like, okay, so we have to do something different this time in this health crisis. And here's what we're going to do. We are going to, what if, like, what if we didn't wait to say like, when Mike can walk again, when he's healthy, then we can have all these things that we want in our life. And we were just like, we are just going to live now with this. Like, what if this was just part of the life as opposed to we, us delaying the living until a certain thing. And so I think that was some degree of surrender of incorporating what was happening into our lives instead of waiting to live until that difficulty was over. That totally makes sense. And then I know, I know the question that is being begged to be asked is, well, what did that look like? For you, Kate, like that moment you sit on the bed with Mike and you're just like, this is how it's going to need to look, or this is how I feel. We've been doing it this way. And this is where I'm at. And I know that I can't keep going like this. So this is the shift that gets to happen. It gets to happen. (laughs) And this is what, this is how we're going to do it right now. Yeah. Well, so first of all, I just want to shout out really clearly that like, you know, for everyone listening, they might be imagining like, oh, wow. So you are just like parenting two kids solo and running your company and whatever. I like not through the whole thing, but much of the time I had an au pair or a full-time nanny. So I want to be super clear about breaking down the illusion of doing things by ourselves. I would not have navigated this period so well if that had not been the case. So I just want to say that really clearly. <laughs> and I still want to just honor the fact that even with decent childcare, it's still too much. It was still totally too much, but I appreciate it because a very different ball game with or without, I get, I get it. Yeah. We just need to talk about like, 
you know, one of the, my favorite things to ask people about is their scaffolding. Like what does your support structure look like? And I like to get into the minutia of it because I don't know why, but I'm fascinated. I'm like, okay, who's with the kids when, who makes the food, what's happening, who's changing the sheets. Like really so much of that baseline life stuff. Who's going through the house and picking the things up? Like, I mean, who's just trying to, where are all the water bottles? Yes. Thank you. Where are all the water bottles? And like, who's making sure they're not moldy? Exactly. (laughs) So I just like, I think it's important to name that. And now, of course, I have forgotten your question. Oh, how did it actually look? So yeah, that was one of the things was leaning on support. So leaning on support. And one of the things that happened that my husband and I talk about a lot during this whole, like, so he was sick or injured for off and on for five, six years. And so one of the main things that happened at the beginning, especially is that when he would come, you know, obviously he has his whole own spiritual journey and he's done such incredible work on himself. And like, he's such an amazing man and he had his own journey of that. And so early on, when I was drowning and he was drowning in his health issues, he would like come, you know, we would be talking about stuff and he, it was really hard on him emotionally also. And if he would bring it up, I would say, thanks for letting me know who can you call for support with that? Because so often in our culture, our primary relationship, our romantic relationship becomes the relationship where we try to have everything held and all the needs met. And I was not in a place where I had any extra capacity for any of his feelings. And so I just said like, you know, that's so valid and that sounds really hard and who can you call for support? And so as a result of kind of that continued exploration for both of us, we really created this beautiful web of support, paid and unpaid so that we could enjoy the nourishment of community and of not needing to hold everything by ourselves throughout the entire process. So even as an example, the day he was hit by the car, I called a girlfriend of mine who lives in Miami, um, who doesn't have kids. And I said like, Hey, I'm in the emergency room with Mike. Our nanny has to go home. Will you go be with the girls, feed them dinner, put them to bed. And then will you bring your jammies and go to bed in my guest room? Because I don't know when I'm going to be home. And she slept there, put the kids to bed. And then, and then when they woke up, she had them not wake me up. And I woke up like late that morning, seven 30 in the morning, which is like really, really late. (laughs) And they were all just like snuggled on the couch in a little blankie being quiet waiting for me. And I think even a moment like that, where I let myself feel the support, let myself feel the gratitude. We had a really good laugh about it. We all got under the blankie and snuggled together. Even a moment like that to like allow myself the audacity of having pleasure and joy while my husband's like in a hospital and just eking out all the sweet moments along the way. I think that's so much of what I learned was like, life is happening now. It's not ideal. It's never going to be ideal. We're not really going to ever have our ideal scenario. Like, yeah, dreams can be manifested all the time. Some parts of my life now are like so far beyond my wildest dreams. They're so good. It's never going to be ideal. You know, there's always like trash to take out and laundry. (laughs) You know, like that stuff is that stuff is there. So I think, I think that was one of the main things is like getting more support, 
being willing to be vulnerable and just say to people like, I, I need help. Yeah. I just, it's so, yeah, I was listening to you and I had a, a brain injury this summer and this is, this is my husband's in the business with me and it's, it's, it's my brand, you know, ish. I mean, it, well, it's branded as me and yeah, it was just the surrender of it. I remember reaching out to you in the middle of it. And, um, you know, as I'm trying to take steps <laughs> in, in the direction that I, that feels good and that, that I, that, that fires me up. Cause I've always, I love this. I love what I do, whether I've got a brain injury or not. And I'm not, you know, there was a day of, I couldn't drive a car or even get my son ready in the morning. And, um, that was just in July. And, um, I, I think about curating those moments of even in it. And yeah, just, it, it, I guess for me, the reason I was asking about surrender is that was, I felt like that was the curriculum or that was the lesson that I kept getting handed in the process. It's a good one. Even this morning, you know, we launched the first full length episodes of my new podcast today, Plenty. Yeah, this, oh, today. Okay, I, was, I wasn't sure if it was last week. And, uh, you know, it wasn't happening at the exact time I had wanted, you know, la, 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 la. And I was taking a walk and I could feel myself like wanting to message the team and being like, what's holding it up? What do you need from me? Like, I want that. Da, 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 da. And I was just like, what if God has, and you know, I know not everyone's comfortable with that word, but whatever the universe life source has a better, like, what if there is even a better plan? What if like, the unfolding perfectly of this podcast launch is actually going to be supported in some completely untime related way. And what if I could just take a walk and enjoy? It's like literally not going to matter. Yes. That it's even better. Like it just doesn't matter. And I think that was just, I can feel myself coming up against. And in the past I would have acted, I would have acted. I would have shot off the message. I would have responded, you know, really like quickly and like, spikily to the email reactively, whatever. And it's like, now I can just not all the time, but like take a step back and just be like, a, does this matter? And B could there possibly be something larger going on here than like my tiny personality idea of what I think should be happening. And like, yeah, I mean, all the things that have been in the, for the best in my life, I wouldn't have ordered them to happen that way at all. <laughs> they've, you know, they've always turned out to be you know, rich learning opportunities. Do I think everything happens for a reason? I don't know, but I do think that we can learn from everything, whether it happens for a reason or not. I mean, it's happening. We might as well use it. Well, congratulations on the launch, on the podcast launch. I know that it's no small feat. Yes, it, I know. So many moving parts. Oh my gosh, we just rebranded the show, um, which is, um, and the art, the cover art isn't updated yet. <laughs> it's been a week and we finally found out why, but you know, it's, I knew it was, it was, a, we were going to figure it out. I mean, it's already rebranded. It already happened and the cover art will be there when it, when it gets there. When it happens. I always say to myself, it takes as long as it takes. Hmm. I really appreciate that. It takes us. I like the other one. It'll happen when it happens. Yeah. And it doesn't mean to be lazy, right? It doesn't mean to be lazy. It doesn't mean to disengage with our own activities and our devotion to our purpose. I mean, I think that like we can still be really ambitious and goal-driven and surrendered at the same time. I think that's what it is. I think at least for someone like myself who is going to always take inspired action 
And there, that just kind of eases my inspired action heart. That's really what it comes down to. Yes. Well, and I think that when we are more relaxed, more surrendered, I believe that the energy with which we do things really impacts the result. And my grandfather always used to say, how we do it is what we get. So when we are taking inspired action from a place of trust and openness, we're only going to get more flow as opposed to if we're taking action from a place of like white knuckling it and tightness, we're going to be blocking the flow when we do that. So I'm, I'm always trying to like, okay, where can I relax? Where can I soften an edge here? Where can I trust a little bit more? And I want to take it back to 2021, moving to Miami, kids, are, girls are in are new schools, all the things. And that 90 days, I know we kind of, we, we, we went on a journey. It was beautiful. I'm so grateful we did. Um, but it was, you decided in that 90 days, if I, if I kind of relax into versus kind of sh- trying to shove it through, you know, what's going to happen, either we're dipping into the savings you know, to pay payroll or whatever that looked like. I don't know exactly, no, or maybe it all works out, you know, even better than I imagined. And so that's, that's ultimately, and then that next 90 days and the next 90 days. And that's kind of what I'm obviously a very small version of what, what kind of the curriculum is that you're educating right now about, about the mindset around or the energetics around money. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, so much of it is a piece that I hadn't understood when I came out with my first book, Money, A Love Story, which is about nervous system regulation and how our nervous system and our our ability to be regulated is so critical to our ability to take inspired aligned action. And when we are dysregulated, we tend to do things that are unnecessary We do too many things. We do them in an unfocused way. We're all over the place or, so that's more of a hyper end of the spectrum or we're in a hypo response and we are under the covers with the lights off watching Netflix all day. So we can either go into a hyper state, which is fight, flight, or we can go into a hypo state, which is freeze, fawn-ish. And so we really need to look at like, oh, that's interesting. What's my tendency? And our culture really celebrates the hyper. It celebrates getting right into action. It celebrates doing a bunch of things to fix the problem. But when it comes to like our finances or our jobs or really anything, we think that the solution is going to be doing more things. But nine times out of 10, the solution to any problem is not actually additive. It's subtractive. And we cannot see the situation clearly when we are dysregulated. And dysregulation comes from our nervous systems being in a state of fear, being in a sympathetic nervous system response. And sympathetic nervous system responses can come from any number of things. (laughs) It can come from a past trauma that you've experienced, experienced that's being triggered, um, an ancestral trauma, a collective trauma. It can come from all kinds of things. And so just knowing that helped me realize that so many of our responses around finances are trauma responses based on fundamentally feeling unsafe. And if we, especially as women, if we can learn to feel safe first, then we can actually be financially empowered. 
But if we're create, trying to create financial well-being from a state of fear, we cannot take smart, consistent, sustainable action. We will be all over the place and continually acting in a disempowered state around money. So I brought in, I, I began to learn about my own nervous system in 2016, started practicing nervous system healing practices in a very organized way. Before that, I was doing it, but I didn't realize I was doing it. And so, you know, I've dedicated seven years to really studying and learning and exploring and researching so that then when I launched Relax Money for the first time last fall, I was so excited to bring a conversation and practice around nervous system regulation and trauma healing to the conversation around money because money has been the cause of so much trauma and it can be part of our healing. And the program combines the practicals and the energetics and the physical and the emotional so that you can really understand all of it all together. It's not just spreadsheets. It's not just breathing. You know, it's like a whole host of, it's a holistic approach so that you actually walk away with a sustainable skill set. That's powerful. That's super powerful. And, and I know that that was, you know, I know that's the new program as well. And I love that you brought in so much of the co-regulation that that is really needed, not just in the money aspect, but in all areas. In all areas, because what we know is that most of our wounding happens in community. And then we go and try to do the healing alone. But actually when the wound happened in community, the healing needs to happen in community. So there's, a, I, I love that there's such a big community component to this as well. Yeah. And one of the things we're incorporating this time, which, you know, of course, if you're listening, we'd love to have you in the program, but you can do this part alone which is the worst sales pitch ever. <laughs> it's going to be a piece, right? Of the whole, a small piece of the whole thing. It's like having a money pod. One of the things uh, that I think our culture has done us a pr- tremendous disservice it, it, in this way is that we've been um, conditioned to believe that it's not okay to talk about money, right? That it's rude, that it's unsavory, that it's tacky. And so there's so much taboo and so much secrecy and so much hiding, but how are we supposed to learn about something that we were never taught and we're not supposed to talk about? And yet everybody wants more of this thing, right? It's ridiculous. And so very similar to sex, by the way. And so, and so I really recommend creating a money pod where you have a small group where you all agree, like, and it might be helpful if you're all around the same income level, this can be really helpful. Or like, I find that I have certain friends in business that I can really share real numbers with because, you know, maybe we're around the same level of business and it's very helpful. And and I find that when we can just say like, Hey, wow, I just made, you know, X number of dollars in my business on this webinar or whoops, I just had to dip into my credit line by X number or like da, da, da. It is so healing to say the truth and to be seen in the truth and to hold one another in celebration and also in our highest, because we do tend to forget how powerful we are. We do tend to forget how capable we are. And so having sisters to remind us like, hey, 
you've got this. And also like, remember you have that tracking app or like, oh, you've got this. Remember, here's like an abundance meditation. Go for a walk, girl, because you are like super dysregulated and you need to bring it down, you know, or take your shoes off, go sit in the dirt, whatever you like. We need to hold each other and help each other co-regulate. And so we're adding in um, money pods this time in Relax Money for that reason. So we can lean even more heavily into relaxed money and people can have that small group to feel super connected to and seen by. Mm, I love that. I love that. And I, and I love the, the advice in terms of a pod, but I still think people will be like, who, who are these people for me? And that's really what you're providing. I mean, still, I'm like, well, it is true. Not everyone. I do take that for granted. Like it's very common in my online programs. And I don't know if you find this to be true where folks like folks who come to find my work tend to be the black sheep in their family. They are often the only one in their friend group who is like spiritual or woo woo or, you know, whatever you want to call it. And so, and I have people come in who are like, I'm the only entrepreneur I know. So it's not common, like this work of challenging the status quo and really asking what is optimal is not normal. And so we do have to stick together. Those of us who are out here on the fringe, just being like, how good can it get? And then we just got to gather up. I love it. That's literally the, the kick. What you did, what you were doing today is kicking off this new program. Is that correct? No, today I was, um, I was doing a celebration event to launch the podcast. Oh, nice. Okay. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. The money, sex and power event was the celebration to launch. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was just, it was a time to get together and kind of activate our collective magnetism. That is so fun. Oh, I just love that. I love that energy. Such, yeah, such such brilliant. Cause again, that's really cultivating not only celebration, but also community, which I love. Yes. That's what we need. More celebration, more community, more connection. You know, I find for me, like when I feel connected, I am reminded that everything's okay. And when I know that everything's okay, when I feel safe, then my body is relaxed. And when we are in a relaxed state, we are more powerful. The most powerful person in the room is the most relaxed person in the room. Hmm. Kate, would you be open to sharing with me or sharing with us kind of what are some of the things that you do to feel safe? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, um, so all of these would fall under the, the umbrella of a nervous system regulating tool or a nervous system healing tool. I have you know a, a massive toolbox of these and I just sort of pepper them throughout the day. They've become so habitual that I'm not even like, oh, now I'm doing- Doing this one, yeah. This, like it's just kind of part of the deal. So um, I've just started, this is two days in, <laughs> just started drinking warm lemon water in the morning drinking a warm beverage slowly is actually very regulating to the nervous system. I do that in my little egg chair on my balcony while watching the sunrise next to my bougainvillea plant, which I'm like deeply connected to her. What color is she? Um, Like hot pink, like the color of my dress. She's a hot pink. Okay. I didn't know if she was like a yellow orange. So that I know. Oh my God. I'm so obsessed with this plant. So that's like a very stacking behavior. So the warm lemon water is very regulating on top of the suspended egg chair. So I'm swinging on top of connecting with a plant on top of watching the sunrise and getting the morning red light in my eyes, which is maybe it's not specifically regulating to the nervous system, but it is regulating to my cortisol. 
Yes. And your mitochondria. Yeah, totally. So I'm doing that. So that is one. I do my best to move every day, even if it's just a 10 minute walk, the bilateral rhythmic motion is very regulating to our nervous systems. Um, snuggling with my kids or with my husband, like that just connection, oxytocin burst is very useful. Dancing. Um, I lie down on my bio mat, breathing in and out through my nose is a good one. I really like lower rib, lower back rib breathing. That's one I learned that is very helpful. I like it because I can do it anytime. So if I'm feeling activated during a meeting or if I'm feeling I'm nervous during a presentation, I can slow myself down and actively like send my breath into my lower back ribs. And that's automatically kind of turns on the, I am safe signal and then becoming aware of gravity. So that's a smattering. I love those. Yeah. I love them. I love them. And yeah, they just become very unconscious, you know, just kind of, cause there must be, you must be really connecting into that awareness of when you start to notice. And I think that's a big part of it too, is becoming consciously aware. You know, I I've operated in sympathetic again, very praised for it. <laughs> People are always like, oh my gosh, you're just so on top of it. And da, 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 da. And they're like, how do you do that? I'm like, it's trauma. Totally. Yeah. I'm just traumatized. It's just trauma. Yeah. Just hypervigilance as a trauma response, which is like so celebrated in our culture. It's so sick. I know. They're just like, wow. And I'm like, no, no, that's not, this isn't, this is not how one should operate constantly. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I know you appreciate it. Cause like, you're like, wow, she's on top of it. She responds and da, 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 da. She's so dependable and reliable because she's always there. And it is like a beautiful thing. And so then we can ask ourselves, how can we set up systems so that, you know, one of the things I teach is to really look at our at Pareto's principle and look at the 80-20. So what are the 80% of tasks? No, nope. What are the 20% <laughs> of activities that get me 80% of the results? And then everything else that we're doing, either eliminate it, automate it, delegate it or system systematize it. I wish the word was systemate it, but it's not, <laughs> it doesn't rhyme. But if we have systems and support or automations on board, then we can be held by our systems and by our support structures instead of us needing to be the systems so that we can still be successful and responsive and dependable while also not needing to hold it all ourselves. I hope that's sunk in for everybody who's listening right now. That's so powerful. Yeah, getting super clear on that 20% that's really moving the needle for you and then delegating the rest out. You know, the the mental bandwidth that I feel women hold, um, not only for their partners, but for their children. I mean, it's just in the household alone. I, you know, my, my partner the other day asked me a question and I kind of just looked at him like, are you, are you, are you putting that on my plate right now? I know, you know, the answer. I know, you know, this answer, like, <laughs> I don't need it. I'm going to give it right back to you. I'm going to hand you back the plate. <laughs> yeah. Very similar to when Mike, you know, was coming to me for emotional support. And I was like, yeah, that's a lot. Who are you going to call for help with that? Oh, that, that was, that really, that was so profound. I mean, that, I mean, I feel like so many women heard that and were like, mm, 
especially if not only just in the household, I, mean, I don't know how many partners have partners that are, are working with them as well. Like in you in all facets of everything. Yeah. Like that's just a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. So I, so I, I just really appreciated that, you know, not only that you're giving us something that's very practical, like the 20% versus the 80%, but then also the, the regulation of how critical it is to feel safe. And that that was really what you tapped into in those 90 days of like, am I going to operate in these next 90 days from a place of safety and that it's going to be okay? Not that I'm not going to take steps, not that I'm not going to show up and do do the things, but doing it from a position of it's going to be with it's going to it's all going to be okay. Like this is we're going to keep living life. Yes, my husband's injured. Yes, he's sick. Yes, he's in the hospital. Um, you know, whatever iteration of where he was in his journey at the time. I know that there have been many iterations and things that had happened, but that we're not gonna we're not gonna keep moving this goalpost forward. Yeah, and really, you know, it's been interesting. Just like because people, I, I would imagine, wonder like, okay, but yeah, but what were the re- direct results of that? And. One of the things is I had just moved to a new city, right? So I was building a new community. I was building a new network, both from a personal perspective as a mom, you know, friend, girlfriends, and also from a business perspective. And I will tell you from a business perspective, I know that my level of relaxation during that time and my level of surrender was way more magnetic than if I had come in frazzled, and full of drama and full of chaos. Listen, we all get to collapse when we collapse. And like, certainly I had plenty of friends who I called crying. And as I was building my new community and my new web of support, I know that choosing to just like live anyway was way more magnetic and helped us build this web of support, both professionally and personally than we would have been able to build if I just was like, I'm in crisis mode and I'm going to just be in crisis mode. And oh my gosh, like, ah, everything's an emergency. People just like, it's not, people don't want to be around that. No, it's, they don't want that. They don't want that monkey. And we know like you, we listen, I'm just going to real talk here. We all know that we have had somebody in our life that we have started to over time, spend less time with because they're always showing up in a state of drama. It's just true. Like, let's not be that person. And also like, yes, be honest when you're having a hard time. It can be both. There's a yes and. Yes, totally. (laughs) Doesn't mean you have to pretend you're fine when you're not. There's a yes and for sure. Yeah, I agree with you 100% there. Like, you know, be in authenticity and have been being your truth but don't be, yeah, but also don't be the, the Tasmanian devil coming through you know, every single time. That's a lot of energy for other people to have to hold. Yes. And then we, and then like, I don't know why I'm feeling very feisty right now. (laughs) So like, because I'm on day, I'm on day 30, like my period's coming any day. I'm just like feeling very honest. Oh yeah. That end end this end stage luteal phase. (laughs) Oh, I very much know. (laughs) Like we wonder where the village is, right? And we say we're lonely. Loneliness is epidemic in our culture. And yet we do two things. One, we are constantly in a state of drama and chaos or fear. 
or two, we don't ask for help and we don't reach out. <laughs> and then we wonder like why we're so alone. And so, so really looking at like, if, if living with someone who has been injured or ill for this long has taught me nothing else, it has taught me that we really need each other. And these bonds are everything. Like the people we love are absolutely everything and not just family. I mean, our larger webs of support, right? And so if we're wondering like, where are those people for us? I think it's important to take a look at our own behavior and take a look at our own energy and really look at like, how do I want to show up? You know, how, how can I be a safe person for someone else? How can I be, um, a, you know, a, a supportive person for someone else? Because so often, and, and by the way, this is not a message for you. If you're constantly giving of yourself and you just feel totally strung out because that's far more common. Like, yeah, we don't, we don't need to, like, maybe you can shut it down, <laughs> but you'll not, you know, like we all know which way, which way are we going? Are we overgiving to like, right. Cause we can overgive. Um, or are we under connecting and, um, we can really look at that and then like prioritize space for relationships in our calendar. If you look at my calendar, you'll see, I spend a lot of time with girlfriends and I hear from women a lot saying like, I don't, I don't have friends or I don't have time for friends. And I'm like, you got to carve that out for me. At least it is definitely part of the 20% that is 80% of the results and joy and satisfaction and all of it. I agree. And in, in real life, one of my, um, I do a, a lot of walking for all kinds of reasons. You know, I'm, I'm always educated on metabolic health, but also re- regulating vitamin D. I mean, there's so many benefits of walking, but the biggest reason why I do it is that's my voice memo time. Now this isn't the in real life time, but that is, I have got a list of girls late, that I am about to voice memo up and just check in on. And that's when I do it, it's on my walks. And so I can't, I, that's like, even I'll ask my husband, Alex, you know, if the, if the, the boys are doing their thing, we have a little toddler boy, Kingston. And, um, if they're doing their thing, I'm like, Hey, do you mind if I pop out for like five to 10 minutes? I'm like, Ooh, cause I got some voice memos to send, you know? And so that that's very much something I'm doing pretty much every single day. Just, just keeping in the updates of what's going on with my girls and and vice and and also updating them on whatever I've got going on, and so um, that's just a just one of the many ways that I'm connecting with my my nearest and dearest community support is that, and then ideally trying to meet up with someone at least at least once a week. That's a big part for me. Same. Yeah, I mean, I I, I hear from so many people just like yourself, just how lonely and how we're not reaching out. And one of the um, I interviewed, um, and they actually live in my Miami, the owners of Mind Body Green, um, Jason, yeah, Jason and Colleen, and the art of well, the art of the joy, the joy of well being. And they talk about in that book of you know so many people are feeling so lonely. It's a big epidemic and. Uh, they say, you know, if it's somebody that you haven't reached out to in a while, it doesn't have to be that complicated. Like just shoot them a voice memo or sh- or shoot them a, a message and just say, hey, it's been so it's been so long. I'd love to hear what you're up to. Just, you know, I'd love to just hop on the phone. And um, there was a dear friend of mine actually in my wedding who I, I haven't like we'll send text messages on birthdays and whatnot. And but I finally I, I took that advice because um, I just wanted to hear how she was doing. 
And I was, and I literally was like, you know, we haven't talked in so long. She, she had sent me a birthday message. And I was like, would you be down to get on a Zoom call? Because she doesn't live near me. And so, you know, it, 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 it was a yes. In, you know, and so it was a really sweet conversation. But it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be that complicated. It doesn't have to be that complicated. I know that I have two morning, Mike and I alternate mornings of who's on with the girls. So I know my mornings that I'm just like free to wake up and do whatever. And so often I'll book a walk and talk during those days. So if somebody wants to do a catch up, I'll just say like, yeah, Tuesday or Thursday, I'm going to be walking around 8 a.m. Like, let's do it then. And that works great. Hmm. I love that. That's, I mean, that's the simplicity of it. And that's, you know, those are the things like, how does this even, you know, people are always like, how did, how do you, how do you do it? How do you, as a mom of two, who's running a business and all the things, um, how, how does that, how does that come into play? And so thanks for sharing that. <laughs> all right. I know, I know we are, we got hard stops. And so I wanted you to share your beautiful gift with my community because I know they're going to want more because I know part of what you're gifting kind of opens the door for financial abundance, but it's a lot of the tools that you were sharing today that have so many epic side benefits of what we've been talking about. Yeah. So what we're talking about here really is community. And I have been blessed to sort of co-regulate my way to more wealth and abundance in many ways, because I've, I've been lucky enough to have girlfriends who've been willing to share the behind the scenes in their money journey. So what I decided to do is ask 21 of my high earning women girlfriends, what their biggest money breakthrough was, and then take their responses and put them in this beautiful guide to help our community to ease their own path towards wealth with these behind the scenes insights that are the sort of thing that are usually shared behind closed doors. And so I decided to make that just because it was the kind of thing that I like to read. <laughs> so it's just totally free. You can go over to katenorthup.com forward slash breakthrough and it's right there for you. Mm, I highly, highly recommend. I'm going to go get it. I don't have it yet. So I'm going to go check it out. I want to go read these. I want to know who the list is too. Did, are the names on there of the ladies? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, and their pictures, their websites. Oh yeah. 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 And it's some women who you'll know, some women who you won't know. And I kind of like that. I love that. I can't wait. Well, I'm going to go and grab it right, right now. It's going to be in the show notes, super easy to find anywhere else, Kate, that you would love for us to come and find you. Like, where can we plug in? I mean, obviously the new podcast that literally launched today. Yes. My new podcast, Plenty is a great place to connect. And then also on Instagram at Kate Northrup is where I show up the most online. So come find me over there. I love your videos. I love them so much. <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for your brilliance and your beauty and your energy. It has been such a, just a beautiful conversation with you today. Thank you. So fun. Whew, I don't know about you, but I experienced a lot of aha moments because Kate shared so many lived experience that I feel like I have lived through too. And she has created some amazing strategies to support women during very difficult times, especially when it comes to money. So if you've been craving a different perspective on money, I want you to go download this beautiful, beautiful guide, The Biggest Money Breakthroughs, along with checking out her brand new podcast. And one of the things I've really loved that she's created over the years is the Do Less Planner System. Don't all of us need to know how to do a little bit less and just feel like we get more out of it? 
This planner system, honestly, the juice is worth the squeeze. All of the links will be in the show notes for you to go and grab. And if there was anything that you walked away from in this episode, I don't know if it touched you the way that it touched me. I'm very much in my own kind of experience right now. But if it did, be sure to subscribe to the show, even share the episode with somebody and take a moment and rate the show. That way, more women who are looking for content like this, interviews like this, and also interviews around women's hormones, metabolism, and body composition, especially in perimenopause and beyond, they will find a way to get to us because the show is so well-rated. Again, I cannot wait for to see you on the next episode and have an amazing day. 